Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our past may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there, and welcome to another interview episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. Thanks for being here. As always, it's a pleasure and an honor to share this time with you. If this podcast moves you, inspires you, or uplifts you in any way, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with a classmate, colleague, roommate, friend, family member, someone else that could benefit from the wisdom shared today. So before my days of podcasting and becoming a coach, I lived a life of comparison and mostly to other women. I didn't know or understand how to embody a different story, one where I didn't have to hide it from other women or pretend to be someone that I'm not, one where deep sisterhood could exist and a new story could unfold where I operated from the belief that I have nothing to prove, only love to give. It took years, but now I live in this truth. And as women more and more are witnessing the pure magic that happens when women support women, I get asked all the time, how have you created such an amazing community of women around you and how can I do it as well? So I have a lot to say on this topic, but in short, it begins with you. It requires an awakening within you to shake up your old stories. It requires an awakening within you that shakes up all your old stories. It requires discovering your own truth, your uniqueness, and your own gifts. And then from this place, it is much easier to cultivate that sisterhood and bring the right women into your life. And there is no one better at magnifying the love for other women than one of my best friends, Sarah Pendrick, this week's guest. She's a TV host, international speaker, and the founder of Girl Talk Network, which is one of the largest transformational platforms for women, both online and off. Additionally, Sarah was recently awarded the Iconic Woman of the Year Award, creating a better world for all from UN-sponsored Women Economic Forum. In this powerful tear-jerker conversation that we're about to have, Sarah's going to break down what the deal is with the comparison mindset and practical ways you can start to break away from the need to have your eyes in someone else's lane and the magical world of women supporting women and how to cultivate this truth for you. Because here is the absolute truth. Comparison isn't just a thing we do while scrolling through social media. We're doing it all the time. And it's killing our confidence and our relationships and our life. And it's time to drop it for good. So let's meet Sarah now. Welcome, Sarah, to the show. Thank you for being here. I love you so much. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Oh, I love you, Sarah. I'm so excited that we're doing this. And I'm so grateful for you and just love everything that you're doing in the world. I have witnessed you creating sisterhood for the last about two and a half years. And what has been so beautiful for me to witness in your business, 
whether you're on a plane, whether you're on the street meeting someone for the first time, whether you're leading a workshop, event, mastermind, whether you're in our mastermind, whether you're (laughs) speaking on stage and hosting an event, it all comes back to what your business fundamentally and the mission of your business, but it genuinely is who you are, which is to create sisterhood in the world and to bring forth this unwavering, I believe it comes from like a place of self-love, this like instituting self-love in all of these women and helping them find it so that they can then step into sisterhood community and really cultivating what I believe we all inherently want. And some people argue against that, but I think at the core of who we all are, we want the sisterhood and we want community. And so first I want to say it's been just such a beautiful experience getting to witness you in your beauty of this. And it definitely has really shifted my experience with not necessarily like, I feel like I've had the sisterhood, but being a stand for it. And that's what it's really done for me. It's really made me a stand for, okay, everybody needs this. And how do I support people in, in cultivating this? And I want to kind of go back to like where this started for you, where this inherent need to like create this mission around women and supporting them and coming together came from, because I think a lot of people have had your past where they were bullied and they haven't had the greatest experience with other women, but then they retreat and they fall back. Mm -hmm. And instead of stepping into sisterhood, they step away from it. And so I would love them to kind of hear your story because I think so many people can relate to that. And then how you created that mindset shift where it was like, well, I don't want to be part of the problem. I want to actually go completely the reverse and step more into cultivating what I didn't have. Yeah. So if you could see me right now, I have the biggest smile on my face. Thank you for that acknowledgement. And it's just funny because that's the way that you, you know, acknowledged me as how I see you. I think you're such a stand for sisterhood and I know things that you've gone through in the past as well. So you're always the first woman that's like, I want to include everyone. So you do that so amazingly. And you've added to my healing with my past of bullying and I always know that I can count on you. So I'm really grateful for you. And I'm just like smiling because what you see in me is what I see in you. So it's just really amazing. Thank you. And I really, I agree with you, you know, even for anyone that says like, oh, I, I don't really have women friends or I don't need sisterhood. I think that deep down, every woman wants to be seen and understood and that there's something, you know, in our genetics and however long back that we thrive in sisterhood, we thrive in community. So I think it's inherently in us, whether we know it or not. And I would say that that's been a part of, you know, a part of me since I can remember. I grew up with all boys. I was the first woman and everyone, I have all these male cousins, all these things. So my family didn't really know what to do with me. So I think I always inherently crave sisterhood like every woman, but I also was surrounded by men. So it had that be even stronger. That has been a part of my journey from as back as I could remember. I always like wanted a sister and wanted female friends. And even when I talk about it now, I can't explain in words how I feel when I'm in a community. And so it's just been something that's very, very important to me. And that when I am in community, it also has me at my highest self. 
And even though, yeah, I have been bullied and I've definitely been on the, I've never been a bully, but of course I've been in the, you know, other side of maybe gossiping or not being my highest self and supporting other women in my past because society didn't teach us all the time. Like we didn't know how to handle comparison or jealousy. So I think that I saw those parts of myself. I saw when I would be bullied. I also saw how much I wanted that connection with women. And I just started to figure out along the way, like how needed and how important and how much it changed my life when I wasn't living in comparison and in jealousy. Yeah. I love that. I think a lot of women can probably relate to growing up with a lot of men or needing to be strong or needing to, even in my childhood, I remember there was so much of the do everything right, be the perfectionist, get straight A's. Like there was this perfectionism model that I was raised in. And so for me, because of that, I created this constant comparison to other women And I allowed myself to, it was almost like because my parents wanted so badly for me to have the things that they didn't have, Mm -hmm. they pushed and pushed and pushed, but in the process of pushing me to be more and do more and have more and be the best, it was like there was a comparison model when I wasn't and I was comparing myself to other women where maybe they would get better grades or maybe they'd be better at dance class or maybe they'd be better at choir. So it also created this disconnect and that was a story that I've lived with for so long. And what I see so often now, especially on social media, is this idea that when we look at someone else and we look at their life and when we feel like, oh my gosh, why does she have this? Why does she do it this way? Why can't I be her? It actually makes us feel worse about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then by feeling worse about ourselves, it's like, it creates this like comparison model. So it's like we resent her, but then we feel worse about ourselves. And then we go into shame and guilt and a story. And it just completely disconnects us from our own uniqueness, our own truth, our own ability to thrive. And so can you talk a little bit about breaking down that mindset and breaking down the fact that comparison is really killing our own internal confidence and our uniqueness because it's something that I've seen you speak about. And I think it's just so profound in the way that you articulate it. Yeah. So first of all, like there's no like antidote or something that you could do that you're never going to be in comparison again, right? Like it's a part of us. So the thing that I say that is the most important thing is being aware of it. Cause I, I find it when I talk to women or you know, especially when you're scrolling on social media and you could just get lost in that, you're not being aware of that you're actually doing it, that you're actually comparing. And then sometimes when people are aware of it, they have so much shame, like you said, in that. And then they just go down this whole like spiral of what am I doing? Like now I'm comparing and so much self-judgment. So for me, it's just the acceptance of that it will happen and it will come up. And then how can I be aware of that? And then what do I do from there? Like, it's kind of like when you have, I did this yesterday, especially like all of us, you know, we're in quarantine right now. We're, mm-hmm. we're needing connection even more so. And we're grateful that we have podcasts and we can go jump on Zooms, but that's where you could really notice right now it coming up. And I noticed a little bit of yesterday, I forget what I said to myself. I said something like, oh, I used to be able to do that or I can't do that. I think I saw someone doing something and then I compared. And then right after that, I'm like, you know what? And I said it 15 times, like, I'm amazing at that. That's so cool that she's doing this. 
And I remember when I would love doing it. So I'm going to get back into that. And I just said, like, I'm amazing at that, like 15 more times just to really like fight against that one thought that I was having. So for me, I just say it sounds, it sounds simple, but the acceptance of that it's going to happen and then the awareness and you can get even deeper in that and start really like self-discovering, like, where does it come up the most? Like for you or some, another woman, it could come up, you know, when you're like at the beach or something Mm -hmm. and for me, it could come up when I'm on social media. So really starting to pay attention to where you get into that comparison. And then you go down that spiral, which is comparisonitis where you're just like spending the rest of your day, literally in this comparisonitis loop of every single thing that you see. So it's really getting ahead of it at first and kind of thinking like right now, if you're listening and I'd be interested to know, Sarah, if you know, where does the first thoughts of comparison, like where is the environment that it comes up for you the most? Yeah. And paying attention to the story, the first story that surfaces and then pattern interrupting, like you said, which is so powerful because the story, and I'm sure you believe this as well, is the story that's just been projected on you. It's not Mm -hmm. an actual story. It's an illusion. Um, You're just as beautiful, worthy, lovable as the person on the other side of the screen I think right now, more than ever, what we're seeing is when a shirt, a pair of clothing, a dress sells out, it's like everybody wants it because everyone else has it. Mm -hmm. And we're not standing in our own uniqueness. And so it's this interesting world where we're witnessing the idea of everyone wanting to look alike, everyone wanting to be like the other person. And I always say, like, what I'm scared of is a world where we all look alike because then we're not, or behave alike, or think alike, because then our world becomes very much robotic in the sense of we don't cultivate and use our own unique gifts. And so I'm curious when you're, you know, I know you're creating these massive movements of, of women and community, how are you shifting their mindset around uniqueness and using their gifts? Because it's such an easy topic to like you and I to talk Mm -hmm. about, but then for someone to actually go in and say, when their whole life they've been patterned to believe I'm only worthy from an external position if I go and look like the girl in the magazine and buy the thing that's sold out and yeah. wear the makeup that the other girl is wearing. And so how have you cultivated this mindset of uniqueness? How have you developed it in yourself? And how are you helping women work through that belief system? Well, I think that you just said a really like spot on point of the fact that you know, when we were talking about accepting it, being aware of it, and then questioning the thought that comes up, because then you can trace it back to the story and where you first made that up. Like Mm -hmm. for you, if it was like always getting good grades and your parents just wanted the best for you, because you can kind of like see where that pattern comes up. So it's a lot of inner work and just self-talk. Like I'm such a big believer in talking to yourself and questioning, like, why do I think that journaling all of those things? But when it comes to like our own uniqueness, the thing that I figured out is the more that we try to be like other people, and that would be just like a nightmare that everyone was the same, because if everyone was the same, then we would be even more lonely. I think that what I have found when I have been in my loneliest state or felt alone or felt in my most comparisonitis loop was when I'm trying to be like someone else. 
when I'm trying to get that shirt that's sold out, when I actually probably don't even really like that shirt. It's like really questioning because the more that you go down the road of what everyone else is doing and don't allow your unique abilities to stand out, the lonelier you're going to feel. And it's going to be a really lonely world. So if anyone's out there feeling like this is just for me, what I find. And when I'm speaking with women about this all the time and teaching with them, it's the lonelier you are, it's because you aren't allowing your gifts to shine. So it really becomes a choice. For me, I have it be a choice. Do I want to be lonely or do I want to show up as myself, take risks, and then attract the people that accept me for who I am and love that? Because you could have a hundred friends and be wearing this. I don't love saying like a mask, but for lack of a better word right now, be wearing this mask of like, I'm hiding my uniqueness because I just want to be liked. But you're so lonely because you're surrounded by people that don't even like the real you. Right. So for me, it becomes like a choice. And then when I'm talking with women, I will ask them like where they're struggling, where the stories come from. Like it's very much conversational. So even when you're listening to us right now, you could do this with yourself and do some self-inquiry and ask those questions and then be like, what am I going to do? Am I going to continue like this and keep being lonely? Or am I going to start taking risks and walking through the fear and showing up as myself. So then I can create a community and people around me that love me for me. I think that's what's happening right now on Instagram more than ever, where people are creating false identities. They're Mm -hmm. Photoshopping their pictures there. And there's nothing wrong with Photoshop in the sense of if you're called to do that, I'm not shaming anyone for Photoshopping, but if you're creating an image of yourself that isn't actually you and you're creating an illusion of potentially how much money you have, your relationship being perfect, that you work out every day and that you have this amazing life. And and then you go to reach out to other women or create community and who you have created on the outside illusion to the world and who you are at the core of who you truly are, they're not in alignment, that creates the disconnect with you. No one right. else. Like that's causing you to show up in a state of fear, anger, frustration, pain. And so how do you heal that wounding place in you where you don't think other people will love you unless you show up in another way? That's what I'm seeing more and more. And that's the sad part about social media. Yeah. And I think just conversations like that and questioning and really like going inward, you might not even realize you're doing it. Like I've looked back at things that I've, you know, maybe have done or put out there a year or two years ago. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And also giving yourself that acceptance that you change. Like, we're changing all the time. Yeah. Something I liked three weeks ago, I might not like today. And then that's like, okay. So a lot of self-acceptance and just, you know, sometimes you have to just put the phone down and question yourself or else you will go into a negative loop of comparisonitis. And it's just going to make everything else seem worse than it is. And even more disconnected. Yeah. I was listening to a poem by NQ and he said, I look at my Instagram and I wish I had my life. And he was talking about how really we have to like take a step back and look at how we're showing up for the world and being like, is this true? Is this accurate? Because The world, although there's nothing wrong with presenting aspects of yourself, if they're in a place of integrity from, you know, the money you make and the career you have and all those things, I think that's all very important, but I think it still has to come from a genuine place of 
impact and love and support and these things that you're showing up for are very much in alignment with you. And until we heal the wounding in ourselves, there will be that disconnect. And I'm in full agreement. There's things I wrote like two, three years ago to my audience that I would never write today about mm-hmm. losing weight and how we approach dieting. And, and I'm just like, because my level of awareness has shifted. And I think it's important that just as we're shifting and we become aware of these things and taking a, a step back and looking at our own life and how we're showing up, that we give other people the grace to shift and learn and grow as well. And I think to your point, something that I think is really powerful about our group of friends is that we all hold the same values, but yet we're all very uniquely different. And yet we love everyone the same. Like we're, we all have this unconditional love and support from one another, but yet what binds us together is our values. And so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, because that's different than us all becoming the same person. Right. Yeah. That's such a good, um, speaking of comparison, that's so like such a strong point because we all, we do, we all have such similar values, yet each of us is so different. It's like really crazy. And I'm really grateful for our group. And I know that I wouldn't have all of you if I didn't do that inner work. There was a time that I like knew that I really needed to dive deep and stop talking about how I felt alone and there's no one else out there like me. And I just want to be around like-minded people, like all those stories and like get in with the inner work to attract. It's like the same thing as when you're attracting like your partner, like you want to attract your friend group and really, really be in your values and living those. And so there was like a year that I went so deep on that and didn't say things like, oh, there's not other women that care about the same things as me or that have these values. And once I just really dived in on myself, I met all of you. And I think our group is such an amazing example of that. And we all like, we really are so different, but what we value is the sisterhood and Mm -hmm. we value integrity. I think that's a really big one Mm -hmm. for us is that we all also know that each of us is an integrity. So there's never like any questions. Of course, things come up and you could say like, Hey, I was telling myself a story that when, you know, so-and-so you guys were at dinner and I wasn't invited. Then my old wound came up that I, you know, like all those things were all just so open in the way that we talk to each other. And I think for us as, as a group that we value each other's uniqueness, we allow that we don't like do the cancel culture or whatever it is but we really all value working on ourselves. And I think something that we do that I was telling someone about as we all kind of, I feel like, I don't know if we've all talked about it or we just like naturally have like the 24 hour to 48 hour rule that we like, will talk to each other if stories come up, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I feel like is so important. I might be going off on a tangent now, but I thought about this day. I'm like, what has our friendships be so loving and supportive because I was in friendship groups years ago, especially in college or the times that I was being bullied where it was like nothing was ever talked about. And you could literally get like you could lose a friend the next day and you have no idea why because of the stories that people can create. Right. They, they create a story that probably isn't accurate. It's an mm-hmm. assumption. I think so much of the challenge with sisterhood and friendship is that we make assumptions based on our own wounding patterns and our own pain. And then we 
cultivate that story in our mind over and over until that story actually we believe is true. And then we sabotage the relationship. And Mm -hmm. it's really interesting. So to give an example of how, as Sarah was sharing, how this showed up last week, we did a mastermind call on Sunday, mastermind-ish style call to all support one another during this quarantine. And one of the women called me right after the call and she said, Hey, I don't know if it's just a story I'm having, but I didn't feel very supportive. And I'm feeling really insecure about a few things that I said. What was your interpretation of it? Cause I was actually the one hosting the call. And it was really incredible to me because she was just like, I'm not feeling safe right now. Like I feel mm-hmm. like the things that I brought up didn't feel good for me. And in that moment I was like, Oh wow. Maybe there was like part of a, okay, I'm going to take responsibility and a let her be in her wounding. Cause that's her wounding. Mm-hmm. And so it was like this moment of healing for both sides where I said, Oh, well, I see where I could have been more supportive of quieting everyone while you were talking. And I do feel like everyone was showing up for you. And maybe this is just a hard time for you. And, and you're feeling triggered because of a few other things and you want to talk through it. And so it was this opportunity for us both to take responsibility in that moment. And even if there was no responsibility on my end, even if it was just all her wounding pattern, I would still be open to seeing like what I could have done differently, right? Or if or if it wasn't her at all and it was all me and I had done something really bad on the call, she would still be open to hearing, right, what what potentially could have come forward. And so I offer this, whoever's listening, as an opportunity where if you can be in conversation with your friends and preface that this is how you want your relationship to be held. It's so profound and healing because then there's no story and gossip and it drags on and resent and (laughs) anger and like the whole perpetual, like down the rabbit hole. And then we lose friends. And then on top of that, we don't heal ourselves. And when you don't heal yourselves, you're just going to attract it in another friendship. Exactly. Hey there, friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new projects, products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also going to get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. Oh my gosh, that's amazing because it's so funny because during that same call, I had, I didn't call anyone after, but I had some self-judgments on myself because of like being in quarantine and I thrive so much off of like our dinners and all Mm -hmm. of us together, like that lights me up. And so obviously, you know, we've been missing that a little bit. And so I came on the call kind of like, so processing everything going on and being a little bit quiet and I was judging myself for that. And then when I got off, I like talked myself, talked through that with myself, realized that I had been in friend groups before when I felt inward, there was like something wrong with me, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And it was so beautiful because I didn't even have to call any of you because I'm like, there's no judgment. Like, that's okay. We have so much acceptance and trust that if there is something that we'll come to each other. Right. And I think there's a trust where 
if, and this is something really beautiful that if you're in community and, and with your friends, like I trust that if I ask you, Hey, is anything going on? Can I support you? And you say, I'm okay. That you're actually okay. Right. I know that if you want to share great. And if you don't want to share, and I don't take it on as my own story that it's about me, or if you're quiet, that it has anything to do with other than the fact that you might just be quiet today. And so there's always the opportunity on both sides of, of every friendship to heal. And I just think as we move into, I think what's beautiful about this time is more and more communities are popping up. And I think there's been this misconception, which we were talking about, where people think like the community aspect and bringing people together is really for entrepreneurship. And that's just what entrepreneurs do. And I hear that a lot. And through my clients, what I've seen is that when they build communities within their community, like whether that's motherhood, whether that's playgroups, whether that's cooking experiences with friends, whether whatever that is for them and whatever that truth is, their lives start to thrive. And so I want to debunk this myth and talk about how you've instilled this in, because women from all over the world come to your events. Many of them are not entrepreneurs. Many of them are just looking for inspiration to shift their lives in powerful ways. And so let's like debunk this misconception and then we can walk through some simple ways where we can empower people, regardless of where you are in your life, to start building building these communities from a place of courage without the resistance to like, what if nobody comes? Because I think that that's, because what I hear from women is, if nobody comes, that's a reflection of me. And then they go into a story that they failed before they even started. Yeah. So absolutely, is that is not the truth that it's just entrepreneurs. I think that it appears that way just because of we're entrepreneurs and we're online entrepreneurs. So we're sharing about it more. So maybe that's why our people think that when really they could go and should go and it, they would be making such a big difference. I don't think people realize like what a big difference they can make no matter what industry that they're in or what they're doing or not doing by creating community. And it doesn't have to you know be showcased online. I think it's just has a bigger like spotlight on us because we're online entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. But like you said, with my events, it's half entrepreneurs in the room and then half women that are stay-at-home moms or in a career or in a nine-to-five that they love or that they don't love. But the one thing that rings true is that every single woman in that room wants community. That's why they're there. And they absolutely, every single woman in that room, every single woman listening on this call can create community. Every single person has a platform, whether it's online or in their families or in whatever it is. Like, And it's by right now is such an amazing time where just get your friends on a Zoom call mm-hmm. and create that community. And the biggest thing about creating community is that it lives on outside of you. So you hold space for people to have a safe place, like what you're doing, Sarah, with all, all of us on Sundays. Like if you might if you can't show up, if you can't be there, it's still open to all of us. So true community is like creating a safe place for everyone to come, even if you're not there. And I think it's so valuable to also recognize that right now, more than ever in history, everyone wants to be a part of something. So Mm -hmm. if you look at the businesses, even the leaders, the companies, the brands that are doing so well, they're doing well because they're creating a movement. They're creating 
a platform where you get to be part of something bigger than yourself and you don't have to lead it. And why I'm referencing that is because right now, more than ever, people want to be part of something, but they don't have the time, the resources, the energy to lead it. And so people are building entire businesses off building community. And so if you're willing to take that step and be that leader, this is the most opportune time on our planet ever Mm -hmm. to create sisterhood and to be the voice of what the values of the community are to vet people as they come in. I think it's really important to, to make sure that you're vetting people, to make sure that the people in the community stand for the values that you're holding to, to mitigate the drama, to stand for empowerment, to be a voice of whatever you are creating. And if you have that ability to lead that way, I think it's more valuable than ever. It definitely is. And even just like you said, that there's people that are wanting it, but maybe they're scared to create it themselves because they're like, what if someone doesn't show up? So even for anyone listening, it's now more important than ever to show up and be that person because it's like about empowering yourself so you can empower others and people are waiting for it. And I think it's fair to say that people at home are anxious. They're depressed. They're sad. Mm -hmm. They're lonely. The mental health crisis we're seeing is is on a rise right now, which is so hard to even say. And because of that, the opportunity to be part of the solution is so valuable. I'm like, if I had all day long, every day, I would just like hold community forums <laughs> to, to help people show up and like hold the space for them. And the other thing I think that's really important is like, you don't have to be a coach to do this. You don't have to have any certifications. You don't need to be an expert in anything. Although I think it's valuable to find what lights you up. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have had all this background knowledge on something to just lead and say, what are some things that we could create within this? And even asking people, I find it very valuable to just ask really open-ended questions in community Mm -hmm. forums of, what feels frightening to you? What's scary for you right now? What's challenging? What lights you up? What's enjoyable? And then under that, you're going to get a thread of information that you can apply to these calls, to these community forums. I even think it's great to create a Slack channel with like inspiration and comedy and things to just keep people uplifted during these times. What else are you guys doing for your communities? I know you're, you have a lot going on. I'm just curious if there's anything else anyone could like take away to apply to building their own. Yeah. So for me right now, I think people, like you said, it, it is so hard to hear like with the men, with mental health and depression. So I think just having the place that they could go and having people reach out, like just reaching out and being like, how are you doing today? Or what can I support you with? Or like, how are you feeling? And on top of that, creating some fun, like mm. I think just like lighthearted, fun, not having to overthink anything is truly, truly needed. So even if you want to just start, if you don't have like an online business, you're just someone that's sitting here like, okay, like, what do I start? Like, I'm sure there's someone that you've wanted to connect with, or maybe it's high school friends that you say that you guys are always going to get together and you never do like hold something for them and see what you guys can create together and have it grow and have it be lighthearted and fun. And just a place that people can, you know, know that they have, like, we know that we have our call on Sunday. Now we have something that we get to look forward to. And it's just, for me, I'm usually like in our communities, we're talking about a lot about like, 
overcoming something, empowerment, how do I do this online and is entrepreneurship and sisterhood. So right now I'm seeing that they just want to like talk without having to worry about anything or have to plan anything and just want to have fun. Yeah. I think the fun component is great. Like turn on some Beyonce music, like dance around on everyone's screens. One of our friends created like a Burning Man party and everyone was dancing and they had a DJ and it was just really awesome to witness it and see that people are just playing full out and enjoying it and then going to bed and waking up the next day and back to the quarantine. But at least they've had that moment of, of inspiration. Did you have any doubt when you started your business? I'm curious if you were just like one of those entrepreneurs who are just like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and this is it. And there's no holding me back. Or if you've dealt with like the self-esteem and the self-confidence piece and how you've moved through that, because I can just hear people on the other end. This is that sounds so terrifying. <laughs> like that, like just starting sounds awful. Yeah. So it's interesting. So with my story, I 100% was like born an entrepreneur, like creator, but I allowed society and like trauma and the bullying silence me. So I then create, like, I, I was like, this is what I meant for. Like, it's just inherently inside me, but then I just allowed my light and voice to dim. So I went through a period of not, you know, creating, not shining my light. And then for me, what had me go back into like, I'm doing this and nothing's stopping me is again, the choice. It's like, I don't want to live miserable, not like using what lights me up. So it was either I go down this road and stay unhappy and allow society and whoever else doesn't accept what I'm doing or doesn't get it or says it's not possible. Or it's like, I'd rather fail and feel embarrassed than feel the other way. So for me, like everything comes down to choices where I'm just like, I don't want to live like this. And it is up to me. It is my choice and I'm responsible for my own life, no matter what happens. So in particular, when I first started Girl Talk, it was, I was working so hard. I had a successful PR and marketing company, came from psychology background. I've always loved just like psychology and supporting people and all of that. But I went into the, I'm going to make money, have all these clients. I love marketing and building community, doing it for other people and being so miserable. I'm like, why am I not doing this for myself or what I stand for? Mm -hmm. So that's what had me start Girl Talk. And it's interesting because when I first started it, I was in the point where like nothing's stopping me. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. But as it grew, like my most kind of like, oh, like nervous feeling like imposter syndrome, that fear was actually a few months ago with Girl Talk Festival. So it's just mm-hmm. different for everyone. Like literally I was went for it hardcore, no followers, sold out my first event when I created Girl Talk, but then I have a community and I've done events and my most terrifying time was for Girl Talk Festival, which was in January, which you were there and you spoke at. Yeah, and it was amazing. And it served so many women. It was beautiful. I think it's so interesting that so often and and if you're listening to this, it's like we believe like you did with your, okay, I'm gonna help everyone else make money and I'm gonna help them run their PR and their advertising. That's what I did. So I was like behind the scenes running a retreat company, doing events at like Nike and Lole and Athleta behind the scenes, like doing the business side of things. And I just thought, okay, well, like I can see everyone else's potential, but I can't see my own. So Mm -hmm. I hid behind this business 
And it's interesting. And I'm just referencing it for people who are in that space right now, where maybe you're working at a company, maybe you're in a career where you believe so much in the brand, in the product, in what they're doing, but yet, you know, deep at your core that you could be doing it for yourself. And like Mm -hmm. that there's some part of you that's like, it's time for me to step into this myself. And that might be a small step that might just be creating the first community that you create, or that might be doing something small. But I think it's so interesting. And I just have heard that story so many times that I think it's valuable to point out. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it, you know, cause there are some people that really love being a part of a big mission and they don't necessarily want to start their own thing. So I think it's like, again, you know, your answer. And if you don't know, then that's the first step is starting to get to know yourself a little bit more and asking the questions and diving in deep because you know, if you want to be doing it for yourself or not. Mm-hmm. And so like you said, you can make it a really tiny first step because that's always the hardest, no matter what the first step is. And then just walking through that fear and giving yourself that permission. And also not only that permission, but like that chance, because you don't want to look back on, oh, I waited another year, I waited two years, or I never did it. And so it's like every small step helps you. I think it helps you build and cultivate that like courage that, and even the vibrational experience, the belief that you're stepping into that next phase of your company or wherever it is are in relationship to where you were before. Did you ever have these those sabotaging moments as your company grew? Because I didn't know you before you had like 300,000 followers and you've been like (laughs) impacting thousands of people's lives. So I didn't actually get to see your growth. And so I'm curious, did you have moments where you just started to grow really quick and you were like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is (laughs) is scary. Or have you always just been able to step into like the next phase rather seamlessly? Yeah. So it's really interesting. My relationship with fear, I don't think I really realized, you know, I just have cultivated a different relationship with fear through my journey. Like even when we were, when you were just talking about, you know, taking the small steps, I wanted to mention that with my first event, I never thought I would be a public speaker. Like I was like, I'm good at creating community. I'm going to create this. I'm going to hold a platform for other people. And for two weeks, I literally couldn't sleep. And I was like sweating from the fact that I even had to talk for two minutes at my first event. So I've just developed and now I love it. Like I love being on stage I love being up there and sharing and speaking and it's something that lights me up. So it's just interesting that sometimes we think we're scared of something that's actually like our gift. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So I've just mm-hmm. developed a relationship with fear where I question it, but it's the same thing with self-sabotage. I definitely will find myself self-sabotaging. It looks different for everyone is maybe I'm like procrastinating or not doing something that I know is going to bring what I ultimately am desiring for the next step in my company or in my life. So when I see that popping up, it's again about questioning. Like, I'm like, why am I, what what am I doing? Like, I actually know that if I send this email or reach out to this person or add this, that it's going to get me what I like really, really want to create into that next level. So I notice myself the procrastination so, but on top with the up leveling and all of that, I think that's what was happening to me in Girl Talk Festival. And I really did try to write about it and like tune in because I'm like, wow, this is an area that I haven't been before. Like mm-hmm. this is what people are talking about when it's like 
imposter syndrome or like the upper level, upper whatever it is. I'm like, I don't know. For me, what I found is that it's just a part of it. It's just a part of a process that you have to remind yourself and just know that it it's part of it. And it's the judgment and the compassion that you give yourself at that time. Like I was like totally entrepreneur, like doer, like I'm going to, I'm going to figure out five steps that I can share through and how I got through this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is insane. This feels terrible. Like I'm going to like have a program to have people break through this. And I don't, I don't have that. It's just, it's literally for me speaking for myself only. I'm like, well, this is part of the process. And so what, what, what matters is how I talk to myself and knowing that this like terrible, like scared feeling is going to go away. Yeah. Sometimes I think we almost sabotage by trying to find the process or hire that coach or get the mentor or pray and meditate. And sometimes you have to just do it. Like there's no way around the fear unless you go into the fear, unless you actually confront it and move through it. And, and I've been there many times. And I think what I love, what you said is that we, Often I think it's stuck in the, well, is fear my intuition and maybe it's telling me not to do something. And that's, I think we have to get really clear. And I think that's where connecting to your heart and doing breath work and meditation and journaling is so important because most of the time that's not your intuition speaking. Your intuition isn't telling you not to get up on stage. It's not telling you to not move forward with the book. I actually had this conversation with my, with my coach. Cause I was like, I feel like I'm at a pivot, but I don't know if my pivot is a, is fear-based or it's my intuition. And he was like, absolutely fear-based. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're definitely just in fear. And, it, and if you take a step back, you're going to recognize that you actually want all the things on the other side of this fear. And, and if you tell yourself it's your intuition, then you're shutting down your greatest dreams based on fear, not based on your internal truth. And he was like, go meditate on that and tell me, tell me if, if that's what you're feeling next week. And I was like, fuck. I'm like, uh, (laughs) you're probably in that moment. Like, okay, I already know the answer. I don't need to, I'm still going to meditate, but (laughs) I posted something about intuition yesterday. And I actually saw some of the comments were like, my intuition's right. 99% of the time. I'm like, no, it's right. A hundred percent of the time. Or they're like, yeah, I, th- I actually think that's so true that people mistake it for fear and mm-hmm. your intuition is always right. It's finding those moments and doing the meditation and the practices to connect to it. And it's always there. It's an, it's like a brain to us, especially like with women, but it's so amazing. Like that's, that in itself is a step to just be like, Oh, is this actually fear? Yes. Okay. And right. when you actually, when you, so that's the one thing that I did learn through January seems like so long ago. Like 2020 has been crazy, right? <laughs> I know. I feel like we were literally at dinner at my house like 10 years ago and it was like January. <laughs> right? When was that event? But I just remember that now I have evidence. So when I feel that again, which I'm going to, especially when you're like, you have big dreams and you have like uh, this heart and this pool to make an impact on the world, you're going to feel that again. I'm going to feel that again. But now I have the evidence to remember that and know that it's all going to work out. I just keep moving forward. I also think like as people cultivate community, as people, I even noticed when I was talking to women at Girl Talk Festival, they were like, I've never actually heard my truth until this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like I never heard that voice in my heart. I never heard 
that truth coming in. I never have been able to visualize my dreams before. And I think energetically, when we are around other women who are accessing their truth and in a space where like you and I, I know Alyssa, like a lot of coaches would never let our clients settle for anything less than who they truly are. And so when we're mirroring that to someone who's never heard their truth, it shows up that much faster. I think it was just so powerful to see these women in your space, just like crying and sobbing and like it, they're just like, I've never been able to actually hear that I needed to leave that relationship, or I never have been able to access that I need to show up for my daughter and be present. And, and like the things that seem so simple sometimes are the things that are going to move us forward so much greater into our greatness. And so I love that. I think it's, I think we're always looking for like this big, profound, like message and it's, it's really simple and small and it's that there's the power of community. Yeah. I love that. If people want to get more of this, which I'm sure they're going to, I know you're running a mini mastermind and a mastermind right now with two of my other friends who I love where people can get all of this and more. And you do have girl talk festival next February and in constant evolution of creating more things for women. Do you want to just walk us through what those are so that people can, I know you're still taking applications for your mastermind in case people are interested. Yeah. Thank you for that. So we have togetherweimpress.com and that is our mastermind and our mini mastermind. And it's just cultivating sisterhood and leading from a place of your true self. And so we are supporting women and building their empires from their own unique place. And we say like making magic in millions because it's just being who you are and not only making an income, but making an impact. So we have 10 spots left for that. And then we're also opening a mini mastermind for women that, you know, they're like, okay, I'm not quite ready for the huge mastermind level, but I do want the support and I want to create my first online business or my community or whatever it is. And then Girl Talk Festival, which we were just talking about, is not until February, but I have a feeling that these next couple months will be going quick. So that <laughs> is my most that's my most like favorite. Like I love creating places for women to just have all their dreams come true and empowering them so they can empower their themselves and their communities. Yeah. Girl Talk Festival is so much fun. I highly recommend grabbing a ticket as soon as it's up and ready to go. I just had such a blast. So, so much fun. You always like, you made such like a big impact there. Thank you. For you being there. It was so fun to do with friends and just women that, you know, are like-minded and uniquely different. But yeah, if you follow me on Instagram, Sarah Pendrick, I'm always talking about the things that I'm up to and I love connecting with people and answering their questions. Yeah, definitely follow Sarah there. Check out your work. You have a lot of other things coming out. So just make sure to you know, sign up for your newsletter and all the things that you're up to just so that people can stay in touch. And I think it's also really beautiful to just follow you because it inspires you. To, well, inspired me most specifically. And I think it inspires so many women to just remember community. I think it's so easy to get lost in all of the chaos. Like I remember the first couple of days of quarantine, I'm like, just running around. And then, and then like, I'll see your post and I'm like, okay, yes, I need to set up a zoom link. Even if it's a week from now. Oh yeah. I need to make sure that that zoom links back up for the next Sunday. I need to make sure all the women know about it. I need, like, it's just like a friendly reminder based on everything you put out that this is what women should be standing for. And even if you're not leading it, it's a reminder to 
seek out that community, look for that Facebook group, look for other women to connect with and, and then find communities that are uplifting one another through positive mirroring, not in the state of, of chaos where yeah. a lot's coming forward. So Aw, thank you. I'm smiling. Yeah. If, you could, if you could see me uh, <laughs> Actually, on that point, if you, which we do in our group a lot, we'll kind of join forces. So if you don't want to be the one to create the community, you could reach out to someone and be like, Hey, do you want to create this together? Yeah, I think it's so important. And you can do it with a business partner. You can do it with a friend. You don't have to do it alone. It's also important right now and it can all be done virtually. So thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. I'm so thankful for our time. I know this is going to serve so many women. Oh, thank you. I love you so much. This was so fun. Uh, I love that conversation with Sarah. So wherever you are in your life right now, this is the year of breaking patterns. And I encourage you to break the pattern of going at life solo. You deserve a community committed to your highest vision even when you're struggling. There have been so many moments when I have felt as if I was walking up a mountain of quicksand and my community of beautiful friends and the women in my life that radiate so much love and grace were there to support me. And my hope is that all women find this community. We all desire to give ourselves new experiences of life that differ from our old conditioning. And this is about stepping into sisterhood, regardless of what has happened to you in the past. And so the challenge for this week that I want to empower you to take is to take the anti-comparison pledge. So the biggest takeaway here is that your body, your purpose, and your life is 100% unique to you. And I've witnessed time and time again, the faster that we accept where we are as we are, the faster that we reach our goals and become who we're meant to be while creating the sisterhood that helps us thrive. So this week, I encourage you to journal with the intention of analyzing your life from the lens of comparison. How much of your time is spent on social media comparing your life to others? How much of your day is focused outwardly towards what other people are doing instead of inwardly? Remind yourself, internal happiness is getting off the roller coaster of constant comparison and standing in your truth. Trust in this process and trust that other women deeply want community as you do. And never forget that you are the top expert when it comes to your health, your body, and your life. It's intended to be a source of inspiration. And this podcast is you're going to absolutely encounter different concepts and approaches and beliefs. And I want to encourage you to always take what resonates and leave what doesn't. And so thank you for being here with me. It is an honor to spend this time with you. If again, this podcast moves you and inspires you, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with a family member, friend, or colleague, someone else that will also benefit from the wisdom shared today. Thank you again for committing to your inner well-being. Thanks for listening. I'm so grateful. And until next episode, I'm sending you a massive, massive virtual hug and so much love. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here you are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action, just one, 
Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.